Welcome to the Modern Classrooms Project Podcast. Each week, we bring you discussions with educators on how they use blended, self-paced, and mastery-based learning to better serve their students. We believe teachers learn best from each other, so this is our way of lifting up the voices of leaders and innovators in our community. This is the Modern Classrooms Project Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 175 of the Modern Classrooms Project podcast. My name is Tony Rose Deannon, they, them pronouns, a designated hype person here at MCP. And I am joined today by a seventh and eighth grade middle school education specialist, an eighth grade robotics and media arts elective teacher, a lifelong learner, and of course, a high school boys volleyball coach, Tax Feliciano, who also happens to be a Filipino teacher. Hey, welcome. Welcome, Max. Hi, Tony Rose. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's so exciting to be in this space with you. And thank you so much for saying yes to the podcast. So before we get started, what is bringing you joy currently? So uh, funny thing is, I've been thinking about what how to answer that question. So, And it's just so timely that spring season is boys' volleyball season. So that's what's been really bringing me joy. And um yeah, that, that, I'm always excited about boys volleyball every season, springtime. I mean, it's such a great segue too, because this episode, we're really going to talk about sports and MCP, if there's room for MCP and sports, right? And I mean, even like reading your bio tax, you're like doing, you know, education specialist, eighth grade robotics, media arts selective teacher, and then you're also a high school boys volleyball coach. It, that's that's so wild. And I love all of that for all. you. Yeah, yeah, you do. You do. Okay, so tell our listeners more about who you are and how you started your MCP journey. Yeah. So um, again, I'm Tax Belichano, and and um, so I actually first heard about um, um, Modern Classrooms Project uh, in 2019. So I was still in uh, teacher college, and I was doing research about uh, blended learning because you know as an, as my credential is in education special uh, special education. Um, so and I ran into this a uh, video of Kareem. Uh, showing, you know, talking about um, MCP. And that really, like, stuck with me. And since then, I'm just like, okay, I put that on the on the sideline just because like, I don't know when I'm going to use that, but I'm going to. And um, interestingly enough, I started, so I also was, um, no, I'm not sure if I sh- share this with you, but I went to college online. So I did, that was by choice because I wanted to be able to coach full-time and be a student full-time. And the only way for me to do that is to take classes online. So, you know, MCP was really, for me, when I was in school, you know, doing all these, taking all these uh, classes, it was driving me, um, you know, like, it's just wild because I couldn't, I felt like something was missing uh, with how I was doing it. And then learning about MCP, I was like, why couldn't they do this in college? So it would have made total sense. So, um, but yeah, no, so that's how I uh, started MCP. I actually tried out MCP first on my own without really going through, just, you know, watching that one video that one time it gave me the idea like, ah, this, I can do something like this for my math class. Um, but then I had a completely different idea. So I, I did it for a year, but then I felt like I was doing it all wrong. So I went back to the website or I looked it up 
And then I found the uh, the free course. So I did the free course like four times, maybe. <laughs> so that's how I got started with it. That's uh, tax. Have you seen our updated free course lately? No, is there an updated one? Yes. Don't tell me that. So I'm gonna go through it again. <laughs> No, I mean, like, it's been a while since I've gone and checked out our free course. But when I did, I was like, holy moly, it looks so different. And there's like so many other cool things that go along with it, like more, more, more classes, courses per se, and just like more resources that I think, you know, we didn't have before. So, so I highly suggest like going back and checking it out again to just kind of see like all the cool changes that we've done so far. So, okay, cool. Also, a question, Tax, like, I, when did you and I spend time in a virtual space together? Because I feel like it's been a while, but then it, I don't think it has been. I think the last time we, hmm, it was in, uh, it was one of the um, Shades of Excellence episode, the last one in December. Okay. I, yeah. The last one in December, you jumped in for a little bit. Because I was like, no, you have to, you have to come on so I can see you. Um, and then you you actually uh, joined the, the conversation a little bit. So that was the last time I saw you. Yeah, that was okay. Yeah, and then I also know that you had been uh, someone who who continued to attend our implementer meetups as well, right? So like, correct. Yes. Yeah. So listeners, if you don't know anything about implementer meetups, we do hold them every month, once a month on the second Wednesday of the month, actually. And so that was like one way that I got a hold of tax or at least saw tax. And I was like, wait a minute, he kind of looks like me. I think he's Filipino. (laughs) And so right. Definitely Filipino. I mean, with the last name Feliciano. Yeah, (laughs) totally, totally. It was was like a match made in heaven. And then Tax and I actually met in person um, in September. Um, And then we went to go check out like Filipino restaurants. And then we went and had a ride in a driverless car. A driverless car. That was really fun. That was really fun. Yeah, we're just basically making memories here, which is amazing. And so I would have never met Tax without Modern Classroom. So I'm, I'm definitely super grateful for that as well. So thank you for sharing a little bit about your journey. I didn't know that you had known of Modern Classroom since 2019. So you've been around for yeah. a while, which is really, really exciting. Um, yeah. Okay, so this month is really all about intentionality and movement for me, right? Um, I know that like time and time again, we've heard our we've heard some educators say like, how can we incorporate movement into this model? Meaning like intentional pauses or getting um, students to do more like hands on or walking around or whatever. And so, you know, the first person that came up in my head when I was thinking about this this episode was you because uh-huh. I just, you know, you shared with me that you coach volleyball and that you actually were thinking about using the model to help student athletes be better with their techniques, right? And so just tell us more about that. <clears throat> so when I, so I've been thinking about um, implementing this. So I, I ran into this um, book that is by Brooke Rundell and um and it's about uh, a brain training for athletes. So I, uh, she works with like uh, professional athletes, um, but in high school, nobody's—I feel like nobody's really done anything like this. And I thought like, and boys volleyball, like boys on the court, are always you know the high school kids, and they they have fun, they like to have fun, but a lot of times they just get out of focus, and <clears throat> and 
high school uh, in, in high school sports you only get like two hours of practice and so for me there's really no time to uh to, to teach them about um you know how do we focus like brain training or we call it chalk talk sometimes but i i you know before practice we talk about what we're going to do with practice or, or how we're going to do what we're going to do at the games but for something like this where i want to teach the kids how to like okay let's identify what are the uh the causes uh for you to get distracted you know what are the what are the distractors for you on the court uh and you know how do you overcome that there's really you know things like that like really focusing on um teaching them and how to like just refocus because uh, i'm not always there to like um uh, uh correct them when like hey let's focus on the court because I don't, I don't like i don't like yelling on the court because yelling on the court is just yelling it doesn't really it doesn't always translate to you're trying to give them a praise or give them or correct them or anything for them they just see you as yelling. Um, so teaching students like this on the court, for me, the I thought the best way for me to do this is using MC, the MCP model because they can do this at their own pace. We don't, uh, they can do it before practice or, you know, usually are, so kids, my, my players are out of school by maybe 3.15 or so. And then we don't meet until five. We ha- they have all that time to do, do their homework and then said, hey, let's spend 15 minutes on, you know, just going over this uh, workbook and answer some of the questions. And then you just, you know, it's, it's really all about reflection about and it's really all about getting to know themselves like, OK, what are causing me to not be able to focus? What are what's stopping me from um, from um, like really giving it my my 100%. And just to kind of touch in uh, touch up on uh you mentioning that I I have used it uh a little bit uh teaching them how to like do a uh, how to hit a volleyball, how to serve, how to you know I do, I use videos for that, but I actually use their videos to correct them and then so I only use the video as a technique uh for like as a one-on-one. Not I, I don't like showing like a student uh, how a student does it or a player does it to other students. So I do it for their own videos because I record all of our practices. Hope that answers the question. Yes, 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 and yes, it did. I love that. And and I guess my follow-up question too, Tax, since you are use, using uh, videos, right? And also just saying the fact that like, yes, um, you didn't want to scream over and over and over again. You didn't want to lose your voice. You didn't want to say the same thing over and over again. I think that's the beauty of videos, right? Like you're actually saving your voice. You're actually saving your energy. And then you get to have that like one-on-one check with them, right? And so I guess my follow-up question is like, you and I were talking about these cool glasses that you have, right? That kind of records um, things for you. So can you just tell us a little bit about that too? Because I think you've said that you've used that as well to to show your perspective. Um, yes. And I didn't even know that these glasses mm-hmm. existed. So tell us more. Okay, so um, um, you're talking about, so my, my reading glasses, I actually bought two of them. So one is just for my actual reading glasses because I'm blind. <laughs> and then I got another one because I thought, so we used to have, we used to use these GoPros that you attach on a player on, a, uh, on the head or on a helmet. Um, but, but these glasses are awesome because they're, you can, they record in HD. It's only 60 seconds. It's uh, 60 seconds long. But 
What it does, I always have my setters. Uh, they're the players who get the second the second ball all the time. Uh, so there's they're the ones running around. So with the when I had them wear the glasses, or back then it was a GoPro. You get to see. Uh, I get to show the students what they're looking at. Like so when they're when they're setting, so they can also see like how their hand positioning. Uh, and how they contact the ball, where it is, or where where the where the ball lands in relation to their head or their forehead. So, um, so that's one way to. And I I love using that tool because it's it's um, it just gives them a, a really good view of oh I should put the I should uh, get under the ball more for for setting or you know things like that. Same thing with hitting and uh, passing. I. Passing for passing is position. There's different uses of it, so I'm playing around with it some more. So, and I'll share that with you when I learn more about it. Yeah, I mean, you could talk to me all about sports, and those were all just like go over my head because I don't know anything about sports, and I just start zoning out when people talk about them. So this is this is really cool. You're passionate about it, and I'm I'm going to be passionate because you're passionate, and I love it. <laughs> uh, and. Another thing too that you said that I was like, yes, yes, it's so intentional. I feel like, especially those the glasses that record, right? 60 seconds. You really have to be concise. You have to be on point. It's like you get, you, you got to get right to the point with the 60 seconds. And I think that that in itself right. is really powerful. And I do love that concept too of like, if I'm trying to teach, especially like even for science teachers, right? Like if they're doing something with labs or like putting something together, and I'm thinking about like our CTE teachers as well, right? When they're putting something together, it'd be a really cool um, piece of tool to have. Um, okay, great. Thank you so much for that. And so, um, you know, you said in the beginning in your intro that you implemented the model in your math classroom, right? And so mm-hmm. tell us more about the similarities and differences between the two learning environments, like coaching volleyball and then teaching math and then using some or all aspects of modern classroom. Okay. Uh, that's that's actually a very very good question. Um, this is one of the questions that I used to like. I mean, I think in general, um, as a as a as a coach and as a classroom teacher, um, I used to struggle with like trying to connect with students and because uh, the mentality at the time. So the the mentality, my mentality at the time was, or earlier was. You know, um, I wish I could make my students just run if they're if they're not paying attention, or you know, if I'm doing a, I'm doing a lecture and then they're not paying attention, I have to like okay, let's you know, I'm tr- it's like control and not controlling, but trying to manage manage the students. And like, I don't like managing students; they're not to be managed. They're my students, right? Um, mm-hmm. So again, so the struggle with really with uh, as a new teacher, I'm always about like control. Control, control, control. Uh, MCP taught me to let go of the control, let it be chaotic. But as long as you know, and it's 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 funny because you, the podcast is where is my source for everything. But the MCP podcast the, is my source for any question that I have. I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna bother uh, Tony Ross. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go back to episodes that I whatever I need so um no but also bother me tags I love your interview <laughs> <laughs> be careful what you ask for um <laughs> nope so but uh so the similarity between the two is really um so for for volleyball it, it's really about it becomes about their intentions like pot, topics intentionality so if so for my uh players 
if their intention is to learn about, you know, uh, to uh, become mentally strong, um, so they have to really uh, learn how to um, to go go through the workbook and uh, you know the lessons that I uh, that I uh, give them or assign them. Uh, and in the classroom, if they let's say for my math class, if the students really want to learn how to you know to do X, Y, and Z or how to do I don't know Pythagorean theorem, then they would have to go through the um, the videos. Um, but the difference um, the difference between the two really is. This, the classroom setting uh, or the setting itself. So um, in volleyball, or I'm, I don't know how it is with uh, other sports, but I would think it's the same. But in volleyball, my boys want to go to volleyball. They try to go. So I don't even have to ask them twice. So, you know, like last Monday, I said, okay, this is what we're going to do. Um, on Tuesday, you're going to uh, turn in your reflection about this question in module one, stuff like that. Uh, but for and they'll just do it. There's no questions asked. But it's also high, they're also high school, so they kind of um, they're by now they're better with um, uh, uh, autonomy. It's just they just do it. They know that that's what's ex- that's what's expected of them, and maybe sometimes I would have to remind them, but that's okay, right? But for in a classroom, sometimes it's because. It also depends. So math class for me, my ex, my my experience is that kids math is a scary subject or intimidating subject. And when students learn that you know if they make a mistake in math that they're not good in math or you know these are things that we learn in a um, in the old way I guess is how I would. But in modern classroom, um, it's really just. It gives them the the power to, like, be in control of their own learning. And for me, the this model really has um, allowed me to remove a lot of the risks or reduce the risk of failing or the thought of failing if they make mistake. So you know, and it's, I guess, in some way, those are the two benefits of MCP for both the classroom and uh, the court. But the big difference really is that. Um, the, the students wanting to be there or not be there. Uh, it's less, I don't have to encourage a lot with with sports because they know that they need it or I explain to them how it would benefit them on the court and off the court, right? But in, in for the classroom, for math, it's it's always, it, it depends on the student, right? So if, if they're, if they feel like they're not a math person or they're not a math you know, they're not good in math, they're more likely to, you know, to kind of like be hesitant to, to do it. So that I, I feel like that's the big difference between the two, but benefit wise, very similar. Yeah. And I really like this thing that you're talking about too, of just like with sports, like you said, it, the students want to do the sport, right? And they know that like whatever video that you're getting them to watch either of themselves or mm-hmm. a technique that you're teaching or just to show how something is done, right? Like I think they see that as like, a, oh, okay, I can be better at this, right? And and you saying that like with math, it's mandatory. Like you have to do this. So yeah, it's, it's, yeah the mentality is totally different. And uh, the other thing too is um, <clears throat> it, it's the... The requiring them to is because I think the requiring them to do that is it's so like uh, it becomes about um, what's the word um, 
uh, like I have to abide by the the rule. Mm-hmm. There was a term that you, you talked about this in one of the episodes. Um, it, it's compliance. It becomes about compliance, right? So uh, again, the, the 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 autonomy really just like and in sports too. If if the players have the autonomy to be able to do however they want to do, like you know, the material that I'm giving them, it's not you know, it's it's unconventional for them to get a a written assignment for. For a volleyball team, right? Um, but for them, I don't have to require it. They just know that they will benefit from it. So um, I don't have to require it. For, for math, because grade matters. Oh, the other thing too is um, for the high school team, for the volleyball uh, assignment, I don't ha- I'm not grading them. And I told them that, you know, I'm not grade- grading you on this because this is something that I can only see on the court or how you are performing on the court or even a practice. So yeah, that's the difference too. Is I can do something um, in volleyball that I don't have to grade because they know the value of it. In a classroom, sometimes I have to try to relate the subject matter to um, to real life experiences, and th- that can be difficult. So you know, those are two differences. Now I, I know that this is not a lot about MCP, uh, but the benefit of implementing MCP is very, are very similar. Um, the differences really are the how I guess how you approach um, how you approach it. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, two texts we're like trying to really disrupt the connotation of school, right? There's like a lot of negative connotation when it comes to classes. And I know even like as an adult, if you tell me that I have to do something, I just like roll my eyes and be like, bet, watch. (laughs) (laughs) Watch me. (laughs) Exactly. Right? Exactly. I completely relate to everything that you just said. So thank you for sharing that. So now I guess like just to follow up going off script tax, um, how does this look? So, okay. You have practice with your high school boys, the volleyball team. Um, when do they watch these videos? Are they expected to watch it before they show up for practice? Do you have time embedded in the practice to watch those videos? Like what, what does that look like? Um, I have what I have done is I have asked them to um, to watch the video. So let's say today our practice is going to be at like seven thirty. <clears throat> um, so and again, their class ended two hours ago. So they ideally they would have finished. Uh, I'm, I'll, I'll say this: I am not going to sugarcoat it. Not not all of the boys will do it, especially. So I have uh, varsity. Uh, so I have JV teams that are, you know, that I'm having both the whole team do it. Freshman, uh, JV, varsity. Um, but the freshman or the JV students might not do it um, on time um, because I will not see them. They're already there running around um, with their coaches. I won't see them until later, but I still read. So I get to read all of their reflections first. So, you know, so they would have watched a video before their practice. So at least, and the videos are, because it's really, there's a series of questions, but I talk about what, you know, what the module is about. I ask them questions. They they either, uh, I give them notebooks or journals and they, or they can type it up. So some kids email them to me, their reflection responses. And um, yeah, and then I read them. Usually I would read, I would talk to them about it individually or, uh, we can have a uh, we have a, a team discussion at the end of practice of you know hey so this is what you wrote 
um, how did you think you did? You know, um, did you meet your goal for tonight's practice based on, you know, and I compare them. So here, here's, uh, I give you a note back. And tonight, you know, the answer, the time would be like, let's reflect again on how you did on these, um, your assignment based on what you did tonight. So, you know, and then the next day they would have a different uh, set of uh, reflection, uh, metacognition questions or reflections. And I think this is also a really great way to point out too that like the skills that are being taught when using a modern classroom, right? Those are skills that you can utilize outside of the classroom in real life, right? Like yeah. last episode with Steve about multiple um, preps, planning for multiple preps, right? Like the whole must do, should do, aspire to do prioritizing. Um, it's really, really impactful too, right? Like students have um, kind of uh, taken that um, model with their to-do list and then now adults are doing it too, right? And so if you think about like all the skills that we're, we're teaching our students using this model, those are things that are really going to be useful outside of the classroom too. Because even, I mean, I'm not an athlete. I was never an athlete. People, I, I don't even want to say that people think I am. I don't think so. But like... Uh, sure, tax. <laughs> I'm completely useless out there in the field, but yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm just thinking about like reflection piece, right? Like it's so important to be able to write down or even say out loud your reflection of like, hey, this is what I needed to work on. This is how I'm going to get there. Um, and this is how I feel about it or how I think I did. And I think, again, this reflection piece is really important for us to continue to improve our practice on whatever it may be. It may be math, it may be sports or whatever, right? So so thank you. Thank you for sharing all of that as well. Um, okay, so I'm sure our listeners are fascinated with all the things that you just said, because I am. I mean, I'm, I'm like, I don't, you know, do sports, but this is really cool. And I feel like if I were to do sports, I would want to see videos so yes. that I know <laughs> before like jumping into like the court or the field, like at least I know something. Um, so how does planning look for this? Um, and, and how do you ensure that you're using your time wisely? Because like you said, right, like you're utilizing the model, creating videos for um, the volleyball team, but then you're also using this for some of your classes. So how does this look for you? How are you making sure that you're not doing too much and that you're also resting and also being human and not just a teacher? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> the question, I guess, uh, again, What's resting? What does that mean? Um, okay, so, so, um, okay, so planning. So, let's say for for the class and for math, if if I want them to, if I want them to learn how to solve for x, I would the I would plan the mastery first, what the mastery is, but then I have to make sure that the kids have all the prerequisites on uh, in order to get to that skill. Same thing with uh, volleyball. I would want them to. So let's say. Um, <clears throat> If I want a student, uh, a player to be able to serve float or jump float, I would have to teach the, the student on, okay, this is the goal uh, or the mastery of the skill. Um, but what are the things that I need to, what, what are the things that the student or the player can do? Um, and how can I use the student's strength to teach, uh, to teach the, the, the serving skill that I need this, the player to, to learn? So, and, <clears throat> and putting this into, uh, into the model, um, like putting it into paper and also the, the video. Oh, there's a, I just realized the biggest difference of doing the two using MCP is 
in the classroom, everything can be on paper or on the computer. Uh, and <clears throat> on the court, I have to do the paper, and then I have to do the video of, I have to find a student that actually can do the skill and teach that. So um, there's, a, there's two huge um, uh, factors of how I would do the planning. So um, actually, the that was the old way I'm doing my my planning for my lessons <clears throat> using MCP. Now for so when I have a new class, so like I had uh, this year, I was I was assigned to teach robotics and media arts. Uh, I've never taught those classes, so I don't have the materials. So. I have to build the materials from scratch, from zero. And then I also, but I still do backwards planning. But <clears throat> what I do is, so I do, I have a recording first, of the like um, a generic recording that I can reuse over and over. But for, I, I create a second recording after I teach the lesson, like using the, the, the generic the generic video. And then based on the student's questions and everything, um, while we're doing that on day one, I would do it again. I would recreate a video uh, addressing the questions that students have. So I have a generic, and then I have one that is kind of uh, uh, still real-time um, reaction or questions from students. Same thing with uh, with volleyball. But again, for volleyball, when it, when it comes to teaching them techniques, it's it's really all about the individual. So the planning that I do for volleyball is I have the kids uh, complete this Google form and then they have to upload a video of themselves playing or a skill that they want to learn. Um, and then I have I work with those. So again, there's I do things as far as planning differently. I'm sure I have to streamline it. But um, again, I try to do as much of uh, the authentic uh, uh um, correction or teaching for for both. So, um, and how am I using my time wisely? Am I using my time wisely on that? Probably not. But um, again, that that gives me for for me the time that I the the, the time that I spend creating the videos and um, you know uh, create uh, creating responses to student questions is like a time spent really well because I get to tell them like, again, I'm sure that the listeners have heard this so many times if they listen to, um, to MCP, the the podcast, because, you know, the the responses that we get through this model really is so genuine to what the student specific student uh, needs and want to hear. And so it's helpful. I'm not just like babbling about some, you know, some uh, skill or test that they, you know, another student may have done, but then teaching it to everyone. Um, but it's, it becomes about them. It's relatable to them because they understand it. They see that it's their handwriting. It's their work. Their name is on the paper. Um, same thing with my athletes. You know, they know that they're, you know, uh, even though I teach everyone the same, uh, the same skill, but because they all have different skill level, um, when I'm talking to students or my athletes one on one, they know that I'm talking to them because it is based on what, you know, they know that this is the skill that everyone's learning, but I'm correcting the student or the, the, the athlete specifically. So again, it's relatable. It's, it's genuine to them. So I'm not just like 
generalizing. It's about player A or student A. Yeah, something that came up to me while you were talking, Tax, is that YouTube videos, there are a lot of YouTube videos, right? Like if I wanted to learn something with volleyball to do something, right, I could just like easily YouTube it. And I think what you just said, that last phrase that you said was, it's not generalized. It's it's more personal, personalized, more customizable for students. And then they get to also see themselves, right? And and another thing that popped up to me too, was that, you know, with their student athletes, uh, they can create those videos, right? Like you said, I have to find the student, the athlete who can do the move, record them so that folks can see that skill or that technique and how it's supposed to look. And, and I think it'll even be even more powerful if we get those students to record themselves and say like, hey, this is what I can do. Let's see if you can also do the same things or how can we improve so that it kind of looks similar or that we're hitting the ball a certain way. Uh, and so I, I'm just getting so many ideas and, and this is so dope. And another thing I also wanted to point out, Tax, is the fact that like you started out in your math class right? And you were just like, oh my gosh, this is so dope that I want to go ahead and use it for volleyball. And then thinking about like robotics as well and like really trying to figure out how to make it work for you, which I think is so inspiring and amazing. And you're doing it with such, I feel like you do it with so much joy and and that that that's that's so cool to me. That's so, so cool to me. So kudos to you and thank you for doing what you're doing <laughs> and it's true i i do enjoy like i uh, and this is one of the thing that i teach both my students and my athletes is like <clears throat> you have to find a way to uh fall in love with what you're doing because if you don't you're gonna hate every moment of it or you know if you just think that you hate it or if you you're not good at it, it, it um you know it's, there's a growth mindset part of it but at the same time like even if I'm having, you know, there's a saying that says, like, if you're going through hell, keep going, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. for me, it's like, if you're going through hell, like, and you're, you're, you think that you're going to go through that for a while, you might try to find ways to, like, enjoy going through hell, you know, um, and find some benefits. What are you going to, what are you learning from that experience of, dif- of the difficulty and the struggle? Like, find some ways. Yeah. Somehow. And if you can't, let's talk about it. You know, again, that's just another opening to like, let's connect. Yes, yes. And also, again, like modeling the fact that something can suck and, right, like, and we can learn from it or and here's like, a, a thing that is actually a good thing, right? And so that's that's such a great reminder too. Okay, so we're gonna shift gears a little bit, Tax. We're gonna talk about, you know, we talked about your your glasses, but what other tools do you use to be able to create all the things that you're creating? Yeah, um, GoPro. Uh, so as far as so, I I use uh, I, I'm using several uh, applications for recording. So <clears throat> I learned about Loom, L-O-O-M. So it's this really cool, it's also, yeah, it's a really cool uh, recording um, tool for uh, for the slides that I use for but for the classroom. Um, <clears throat> I also use um, Formative, which I got, I learned from, I, I think I had to play that podcast like a gazillion times so I can understand what it was. Um, but once I started using it, so, you know, yeah, formative was really helpful. Um, I use Notion, uh, Notion as my uh, 
main LMS, but I just, in order for me to assign the students, I have to uh, put that into Google Classroom. Um, my glasses is really just helpful. I actually use my glasses not only in for volleyball, but I use it for robotics. So when I'm, we're using Arduino. So I use, so I have to uh, uh, install wires on on a, on, on a uh, microcomputer. So with my glasses, I can just, so they can see exactly what I'm looking at. So again, the glasses is probably my favorite tool uh, of all. Um, I think that's all I'm getting right uh, as far as, for this purpose. Those are the only, I mean, volleyball, there's so many tools that I have. I just bought this machine for the, for practice, but I cannot talk about that here. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 that is fine. It sounds, uh, it sounds fascinating. I feel like, again, you're, you know, you're doing special education, you're doing math, you're doing volleyball, you're doing robotics. It's all very like different, but the same, right? So it's kind of yeah. exciting uh, yeah. to think about. Okay. So listeners, we're going to take a quick break for an announcement and we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about tax experiences. Hey there, listeners. This is Zach. We have some learning experiences I'd like to tell you about for this upcoming week. First off, we have new courses for you in MCP University. And if you're not familiar with MCP University, it's super awesome. There is an info session on Tuesday, February 6th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Looking for ways to replace the one-size-fits-all models of instruction? Join us for a webinar on addressing the source of the problem, broken instructional models, on Wednesday, February 7th at 1 p.m. Eastern. Want to learn how AI can help create student-centered learning environments? Join our first of three learner series with School AI on Wednesday, February 7th at 6 p.m. Eastern. And you can join our panel discussion on the Student-Centered Classroom Elementary Edition, where we'll explore innovative approaches to elementary education on Thursday, February 8th at 6 p.m. Eastern. Links for all of this will be in the show notes. Go ahead and take a look there to register. Calling all Los Angeles educators. My name is Avery, your West Coast Partnerships Manager here at MCP. And do we have an exciting opportunity for you. Modern Classrooms Project is thrilled to announce the launch of our second fully funded regional scholarship here in California, the Los Angeles Educator Scholarship. If you've been looking to transform your classroom into an equitable, student-centered space, enroll in our, again, fully funded virtual mentorship program, plus a $500 stipend through MCP's Los Angeles Educator Scholarship. Just go to modernclassrooms.org forward slash Los Angeles to apply today. If you have any questions or want to connect, you can reach me, Avery Belaspas, at avery.belaspas at modernclassrooms.org. That's A, V as in Victor, E-R-Y dot B as in boy, A-L-A-S, B as in boy, A-S, at modernclassrooms.org. We look forward to seeing your application. All right. And now we're back with tax. So tax, what are two to three benefits for using our model for student athletes, which you already kind of uh, talked about, but if there's anything else you want to add on, that'd be great. And then what are some of the responses you've gotten from students, families, et cetera, just all around? It could also just be your, you know, um, your students in special education or robotics or whatever. So what has been the response? Um, <clears throat> usually in the, in, in in the beginning, uh, for my eighth graders, in the beginning, some uh, some of them actually still there's still some pushback on um, using the model, 
or you know because they for them they still think that i'm just um i'm just giving them videos that i'm not teaching them or you know you still get that um until they say well let's sit down together and look at the videos and you know um whose voice is that you're hearing whose whose video is that how long do you think it took uh to make you know I, I don't really say it that way but i i do like say you know i i am the one teaching you it's just that you're in a different you know it's helpful this way because you know um you get to do it on your own pace so it's really self-pacing um self-management these are the things that that, uh students really are benefiting uh from using the model uh uh, they have the autonomy they get to uh practice how to uh you know um, metacognition uh lots of reflection using this model and that's really helpful um and they get to replay they they spend a lot of time kind of like getting to know how they are as a learner, um, who they are as a learner. And, um, you know, they, they get to work with each other. The collaboration piece of the model is huge for me, um, especially in the classroom, because in the classroom, you know, um, <clears throat> we believe that students learn uh, from other students. So um, <laughs> this is the way for me to, like, empower them to like okay work with each other and they get to work with their students um with with other students i mean um and in the in the on the court is very similar they um they get to really the the i just realized the main idea for me doing this uh the the workbook uh to with my volleyball my volleyball team is to give the to, to build a community you know so Again, so I think that's the biggest piece that I love about this model is I get to build a community uh, of students in the class, not only in the classroom, but also um, because the students talk about what they're doing in every classroom. You know, some kids, uh, you know, again, don't like it. Some kids love it, but then they, they, I've heard them talk about, yeah, Mr. F does it this way. And, you know, I really like it because, you know, I I hear those sometimes. Um, And on the court, it's, um, they get to hold each other accountable for like, how come you didn't do it? You should have done this because, you know, so it, it really teaches them to, uh, to have their own voice, I guess. Um, Because again, for me, the goal for volleyball is to, uh, the community, build the community, and also because you need that in a team, uh, for a team to be successful, uh, in like for me in any sport is they need to be able to uh, trust each other that I can call you out or I can hold you accountable for the work that you should have done but you did not, and you know, all all my players uh, expect that from each other is going to be. Uh, really a key component of, you know, the success of our season. So, you know, I, I think that's, you know, that's the biggest thing for me is the community. Yeah. And I, I, I really love that too, Tax. I know that I'm surrounded by athletes. Um, so like my, my siblings all played sports. A lot of my friends have played sports, even pro, right? And so, and something that they talk about a lot is camaraderie and the teamwork, right? Like you really have to have that community. You really have to have that trust. And I do love, again, that you're pointing out that this model really helps build that as far as like learning together, learning from each other, learning with each other. And, and also just like, 
knowing where everyone is so that the whole team can be successful. So thank you for that reminder. Um, Okay, so what was the challenge that you had to overcome when implementing this model in a different type of learning environment? Um, <clears throat> so for, for here, really, uh, I think the challenge is that I, uh, because I don't know anyone else who's implementing the MCP model uh, outside of the classroom. Um, I, I think I even went back to listen to um, one of the episodes where you were talking about uh, uh, use of AED but okay, that's a totally different skill. So, you know, for me, it's researching. It's getting, uh, I should get on their MCB Facebook so I can you know, ask that question. But um, really for me, the the biggest uh, challenge that I have uh, seen, I guess, for me personally is um, the pushback from students uh, in the beginning. Um, so... And for me, I feel like the the pushback from the students is usually just like it takes maybe one or two sessions. But for me, as a as a as a coach, it's like the one or two sessions is one and two sessions missed learning because in sports, our our season is so short that I don't have that much time to you know to to kind of catch up. But then again. Because the model is so awesome and flexible, I come to realize, you know, later on, I think it's not a, it's not a challenge. You know, uh, I, you know, it's almost like it's the answer to everything. But you know, I, I think for me, it's really the pushback. But um, depending on what the pushback is for, um, we can always fix it, right? Yeah. And another, I mean, something that you're just, okay. First of all, you're saying all the gems, right? Which I think is amazing. And then I'm having a lot of like visceral feelings about the things that you're, you're saying as well. Right. So when we, when we think about pushback, I welcome pushback, right? This is what I always say is that when there's pushback, y'all are now paying attention. Heck yeah. Hello. Welcome. It's really about like, okay, what is the push? Why are you not willing to jump in or not even like, you know, uh, you know, tread the water or like why not even try it out and this is <clears throat> again for for my athletes is like what's what are we losing by trying this what are we you know um and what are we really scared of like are you just scared of or do you not want to do it because it's not graded well i can grade you because i'm not in a classroom but this is an extension of your classroom this you know um this is a one way for you to practice it. <clears throat> it's really i i think <clears throat> those are the challenges that we're always going to um, <clears throat> to face when we implement the model to like year after year because you have different students, right? <clears throat> so until everyone, until every classroom is implementing this model, then we're going to have that challenge. And for me, challenge is always a good thing. You always want to challenge yourself, right? So, is that the Filipino side of you, Tex? <laughs> probably, probably. <laughs> The challenge for me really is like, when are we going to eat? <laughs> That's fair. That is fair. Um, yeah, no, this is this is great too because 
you know, I was thinking too, when you were saying, oh, the student athletes, like the first couple of sessions are just huffing and puffing, right? Because I, I can already relate with them, right? Being like, oh, I'm here to have fun. Like I'm here to move. But now you're telling me I need to watch this thing. And I think based off of what you're creating, those things that they're watching are very short. And it is something that you don't have to repeat and show over and over and over again. Like the kids can, the student athletes can literally just go on their phone, watch that video that you created for them and then practice, right? So it's not like it's taking up the entire time of practice, but it's just like, hey, let's have this foundation together. We're going to spend 10, 15 minutes on it. And then the rest of it, we can actually go ahead and practice that foundation that we just learned or that technique that we just learned, right? So if anything, you're saving time and you're allowing for your your athletes, you're really encouraging your athletes to practice what they just learned as opposed to you yelling and screaming yeah. and repeating yeah. yourself. <laughs> and, and yeah, you know, just one more, <clears throat> another thing for that is like, you know, I, I had a kid who say, like, oh, why do I have to do this? You know, I thought we we're just going to play volleyball. But the student actually wrote a lot more than expected so he you know the kid talked about like the five distractors that he had and um what the focus is going to be but then he wrote even more that i mean they're related to what he wrote not realizing that like okay you're pushing back but this is what let's read let's go over what you just wrote down and let's talk about you know what's going on really so you know kids don't my my students don't realize, or my my student athletes don't realize that you know even though they're 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 not wanting to do it at the beginning, um, but they don't realize that once they start doing it, they're actually they get into it and they they write more and they 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 let a lot they let they let out a lot of the um, emotions and feelings that they have, um, and it's like okay well this is how we can fix this so you know again it's patience right um there's a pushback patience let's see and then we just have to help them realize that they're actually benefiting from it so uh, again bring it on yes tax yes 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 <laughs> okay so what do you hope to see in the future and what goals do you have uh, okay <clears throat> um i have to say that that really is the hardest question um for the future, I think I'm really hoping as far as that a lot more um, coaches would do something like this. For, for me, the aspect of this that's really important is the, the, the mental health uh, aspect of uh, what I'm doing. Because in sport, there's always all these pressure and, you know, pressure from uh, parents, pressure on yourself, pressure from coaches, fr- the pressure of winning um, and it's not really being addressed. So, uh, and I think because of this, uh, I, I believe that there's still the stigma of uh, the importance of mental health. But you know, I think hopefully there's a lot more uh, sports and uh, coaches and athletes would actually look into how they can be better performers under pressure without actually, you know, um, like sacrificing the health and because that's the important part. Like we cannot perform on the court as athletes um, and we cannot compete if we are so hard on ourselves. And, you know, we think that everything is falling apart without actually acknowledging that, yes, everything is falling apart, but we're okay. And we can go through this. And for me, that really is the language that I want 
my athletes to uh to learn to, to is you know be be nice be have some passion for yourself really is you know and for me teaching that to my students this year is is probably one of the biggest changes and uh, that I wish I had done when I first started the program. So, uh, and I do that in my classroom too. But again, for me, the the goal is to teach students to have some a lot of self compassion, and I do that through MCP. So, yes, because you have the time and the energy to do it, right? Because I yeah. think a lot of the times teachers are burnt out, teachers are tired because of the same thing that's happening over and over again, right? So. Okay, well, Tax, how can our listeners connect with you? Yeah, so um, I'm really active um, on social media. I'm on Instagram as uh, at Coach Mr. F. Um, I'm on Twitter also as at Coach Mr. F. Um, but I am, you can also email me at Coach Mr. F at Gmail uh, or Coach Mr. F at Coach Mr. F dot com. I love this coach, Mr. F. It's really fascinating. <laughs> I love that name. Thanks to my um, students. Yeah, so we listeners are actually going to put all of that in our show notes. So no worries. You can just click on it uh, and give, you know, a holler to tax just to kind of be a thought partner, you know, in case you're also coaching a sport and you're like, oh my gosh, this is fascinating. Of course, I want to do something like this. Tax is already trying it out. So definitely reach out to tax. Uh, with that being said, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, this is great. Um, and so listeners, remember, you can always email us at podcast at modernclassrooms.org. And you can find the show notes for this episode at podcast.modernclassrooms.org slash 175. We'll have this episode's transcript uploaded by Friday. So be sure to check back to access those. Also, we are asking your listeners to leave a review if this podcast has been helpful in supporting you to create a human-centered learning environment through a blended, self-paced, mastery-based model. It does help other folks find it. Thank you all for listening. Have a great week and we'll be back next Sunday. Thank you so much for listening. You can find links to topics and tools we discussed in our show notes for this episode. And remember, you can learn more about our work at www.modernclassrooms.org and you can learn the essentials of our model through our free course at learn.modernclassrooms.org. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Modern Class Proj, that's P-R-O-J. We are so appreciative of all you do for students in schools. Have a great week, and we'll be back next Sunday with another episode of the Modern Classrooms Project podcast. Podcast.